1: Good morning and a happy Saturday to everyone. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis.
0: And I'm uh, Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky coming to you again from Northville, Minnesota, where it's starting to get really cold, Matt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that right already? Mid-October.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at your temperatures and you guys have been in the 90s a few days and we were in the 50s at oh, the same time. Boy.
1: So well, uh, date, we're
0: starting to pack our bags.
1: Yeah, it's that time. I heard they're predicting snow or a wintry mix in the forecast perhaps up by you this
0: this this weekend. That's right. As we speak, they're speaking they're calling for a wintry mix and that's why we're thinking, "Hey, it's time to time to start heading for home. Time to go south."
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs>
0: And of course, we'll get down there just in time to have the cold and snow down there. So I, I don't know. What What are you going to do?
1: That's right. The Temperate um, Southern Illinois <laughs> <It's> winter weather. <laughs> and did we say what this is? This is this is wrestling with the wrestling basics. Wrestling with the
0: basics. Uh, you know, Matt. They say you shouldn't teach an old dog new tricks. Or no, actually, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Right? That's right. Maybe, no, but I it should I, be. you, you shouldn't something. teach. <laughs> it but, well, here is the thing. So, so Lynn and I are a couple of old dogs. <laughs> Lynn would say, <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh, um, uh, but so in our in our old age, in our retirement, we're actually trying to increase our knowledge. And we've been listening to a series of lectures on all kinds of different subjects. We've been sharing some of this stuff with you on uh, Wrestling with the Basics. And we're right now listening to a, a series of lectures on the Middle Ages
1: okay. uh, by
0: a professor, Philip Dayleader put that down, Philip Dayleader, who is, uh, I think he's in Harvard or somewhere, some big university, you know, he, he, a guy's supposed to know what he's talking about. And, and so here's the thing, I, 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 you know, you you so you can teach an old dog new tricks. We're learning all kinds of new information, but I'm not sure you want to.
1: It could be dangerous. <laughs> Shall I
0: illustrate? Shall I illustrate? Yeah,
1: please. <laughs> what, what, all right. What's so your new trick, ages? John? <laughs>
0: Middle Ages, what do you think about when you think about the church in the Middle Ages? What's one of the key things about the church in the Middle Ages?
1: Well, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And, you know, if some of the things that happened in the Middle Ages then uh, sort of precipitate the need for the, the Reformation.
0: Oh, you you Lutheran, you. <laughs> no, not at all. There's, what do you, monasticism,
1: man. Oh, monks. yeah, the The monks.
0: Yeah, this this is the time when all the great monasteries start start growing up. The the uh let's see who started it off. We had the, the Franciscans and the Dominicans, and uh, the uh, darn it, I should have paid. No, yeah, what's that? The, the Benedict, Benedictine. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's the ones that we're looking for. So you were paying attention to the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you want some fun facts about monks? We'll, we'll start out today with some fun
1: facts yes. I learned about monks. <laughs> That's what I've been
0: Okay, so for one thing,
1: there I, that, was a group of. That's that's probably ahead. why most people tuned in this morning, John, hoping for fun <laughs> facts about monks, and that you do not disappoint. So,
0: so the Benedictines, some of the Benedictines, there was actually a branch of Benedictines who wore no underwear. <laughs> they felt underwear somehow made them less holy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what God would want for you to wear underwear. So they they did not wear any underwear at all. <laughs> Okay, can you imagine all these monks going commando? No, no, they swore off
1: wealth. They swore off underwear. <laughs>
0: That's,
1: That's right. great. That's great. That's right. What a sacrifice! Chastity,
0: poverty, and no underwear. And underwear. <laughs> you did not know that was part of the Benedictine rule? That's right. Art.
1: Incredible.
0: Here's here's a better one. The Franciscans. The Franciscans, and, and and this was actually part of their their belief that you should not plan. Uh, uh, St. Francis of Assisi felt if you make plans, it shows you're not trusting you're not putting your faith in God so one of their hallmarks is they made no plans so what some, again this is not all Franciscans, please if there's any Franciscans listening to us, we know that this was only a minority but there were some Franciscans who would get up in the beginning of the day, they would spin themselves around until they fell down and then whatever direction their head was pointing that's where they would head out for the day
1: (laughs) (laughs) Spin the monk. I that's great.
0: I, I, I've been a Franciscan. I did not realize that <laughs> about I'm thinking, knowing it. Well that's how I start my day.
1: <laughs> that pretty much sums Except up your I ministry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throw yourself on the floor, spin around, and then and head out. <laughs> <laughs> See where you end up. Um so
0: that's that's the stuff that probably we really didn't need and all. But I did run across a really, really significant thing, I think for our our understanding of the Bible from this study by Dr. Philip Daylater. Tell us what you know about the word doulas. You know the word doulas, Matt? Tell us what you know about the word doulas. And I'm going to cough while you're doing that.
1: All right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, John. (laughs) Doulas. So that's a Greek word, a Greek word that's usually translated as slave in the Bible. Not always, I don't think, but, but usually a slave.
0: Alright. Now that, thank you, Matt. That's the issue. Cause it does mean slave. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, uh, we are told for in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks. Slaves, doulasses are free and all were made to drink of one spirit. And that is the meaning of the word doulass. It is, and that's a perfect uh, verse to illustrate it cause a, a slave is one who is not free, um, the The definition the simple definition of slave is that uh you you are you you do not own yourself, you are somebody else's property, your very being belongs to someone else and and you have no options you you do things because you are ordered to because you're commanded to. It is not a matter of your will it's not something that you do because you want to, no you do it because you have to. That is the very definition of a duelist now now you pointed out, Matt. Uh, that that's not how that word is always translated. You want to venture a guess what what is how that word is sometimes translated, Matt? I, I'm actually putting you on the spot here. I know, but do you uh, have any idea?
1: Servant, I believe. You know, so oftentimes slave, but sometimes a servant.
0: Right, right. Uh, but 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 see the thing is, Matt, that there's plenty other good words for servant in the Bible. It's not like the Greeks didn't have a word for servant. Um, Matthew twenty three eleven. Uh, your namesake there, uh, the greatest among you shall be your servant. And it's not, it's not doulas there. No, no, it's not that we're supposed to be slaves of people around us. It is diaconus. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh-huh. Uh diaconate, we get deacons. That's right. Uh, and so it does mean, yeah, you, you're helping people, you're serving people. That's the word for a servant. Uh, but de, doulas in the Greek never, ever means that. And I want to I want to share a passage with people that I think illustrates how it, no it, it, it's not servant you you can do that in English if you want but it's not actually what the Bible says do you have do you have your Bible handy there, Matt?
1: I do at all times. How about? John?
0: Of course, a <laughs> we're a Bible problem. study show. We probably <laughs> should have a Bible handy. Uh, Luke seventeen, okay. seven through ten, yes. a parable of Jesus.
1: Okay, um, Jesus says. Uh, will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once, recline a table. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink. And afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty.
0: Now, now, I'm thinking if, if I was a servant there, I, I would not be saying I'm an unworthy servant. I would be saying, hey, I'm a pretty decent servant here. Look at all the stuff I did for this guy. Didn't get any thanks for it, but I still did it because that's the kind of good servant I am. However, can you guess what the word actually is there in the Greek, Matt?
1: I'm guessing it's doulos for slave. Yeah, in every than instance,
0: servants. it's doulos. And see, that makes perfect sense because if a slave does all these things, Well, that's no big deal. He's a slave. That's what you're supposed to. The only reason you exist is to do whatever your master tells you to do. Uh, Now, I know that seems rather, rather harsh to us, but that's exactly what the definition of a slave is. And so, indeed, if you had plowed and you kept sheep and you prepared supper, and, and, and no, you don't get any thanks for that because you are a slave, and indeed, that's all you are. You're just unworthy slaves. You've only done what a slave is supposed to do. Now, Matt, again, uh, kind of putting you on the spot here. Why do you think, why do you think that a lot of the English translations will say the word servant instead of slave? Although it is slave. That's my point. It It, it, it isn't servant. It never is servant. Uh, there's other words for servants. But why do you think the English translations kind of... Uh, um, shy away from the word slave?
1: That's a good question because, you know, I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, and yes, that's, yeah, and that's the really, ESV. it's noted for yeah. being a pretty well word for word, pretty close to the original Greek and Hebrew. I mean, it's it's one of the more uh, closely tied ones out of the English translations, and it's still a servant. You know, one of the things perhaps is just culturally, I think we have a lot wrapped up in that word slave, uh, in the English-speaking world today, and America in particular, perhaps, when we hear that word slave. And so uh, maybe just to gloss over that word and some of the baggage that it contains, they use the word servant.
0: And, and, and it's interesting, when, when, for our listeners, when, when you're done here, uh, uh, go to your computer and Google ESV and slave, Google those two words, and you will get a really neat video clip. I think it's only like four or five minutes long of the committee discussing what word they should use in the Bible for doulas. Uh, and, and it's exactly what you said, Matt, that that was their concern. There's a kind of a history a uh, baggage that goes along with slavery because of what we experienced here in America. And, and the, the logic was that, well, you know, this isn't what slavery was like in the days of Jesus. In fact, uh, one of the words the ESV likes to use is bond servant. And the idea is, well, yeah, you'd be a slave for a little while. And then eventually you'd be able to buy your freedom. So, you know, it's not like it was here uh, in, in the United States where you were treated like you were cattle and and, and all of that. Well, well, here's the thing. And again, this is where teaching an old dog new tricks can be a problem. Uh, They're they're absolutely wrong. (laughs) According to Professor Daylater. No, no. uh, Slavery in the days of Jesus was maybe even worse. And I don't know how it could be any worse than what people experienced in our country. But it was not. It was not a good thing. Uh, There are a handful of instances where you do hear stories of of, uh, slaves that were set free because they had a very, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, a a good master. Benevolent. That's, thank you. (laughs) As I get older, you'll have to do more of that. That's all right. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, And and in fact, there's one story of one slave who went on to become actually a, a leader in his town but that's the exception. That is not the experience of most slaves in the days of Jesus. Um, Professor Daylater is, is pointed out how uh, especially the agricultural slaves and, and the slaves that worked in mines, they they were not allowed to have families. They, they lived in a barracks. They, their whole existence was just to get up and work 12 hours a day for their masters. And when they got too old or too weak, Basically, they they were worked until they died, and then they'd be replaced with some other uh, slaves. And, and slaves, again, were just like slaves here. Uh, these are people that are taken captive from other nations. They're people that are literally sold as if they're property. In fact, the Latin word for slave was no person. Isn't that ironic? That's yeah, the power. Yeah. They were literally not considered to be persons, which was the sad thing that we did in our country as well. So so my point is no. It is a really, really harsh word. But it was a harsh word for the people back then. Um and yet here's the surprising surprising thing. When Paul is talking about himself, and, and this is true of James and John and Peter and Simeon, and of course the really touching one is the Magnificat by Mary. You know, when the angel has come and said, uh, "You know, you're going to be the mother of the, uh, the son of God," and she's talking to Elizabeth. Guess what word these people always use for themselves? Oh,
1: uh, is it dulo, slave?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, um, but, but Matt, I'm just going to put you on the spot you know? again. Yeah, yeah. Why is that actually the perfect word to describe us as Christians? Why would that be a great word for us as Christians.
1: Well, I think of other places where uh, where Jesus himself picks up on that, and he talks about, you know, like in John, he talks about the slave uh, not remaining in the house forever, but, but the son does. Uh, and if the yeah. son sets you free, you are free indeed. So I think if we realize the gravity of our slavery and enslavement and, and how lowly that is, which you just said a great job of explaining— well, then, when we're set free by Christ, boy, how much more do we have to rejoice in and celebrate uh, when we've been set free as slaves and made sons and daughters, <laughs> not just servants but sons and daughters uh, of the master i mean that that's that's incredible
0: now, now you've actually jumped to the end of my outline <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's, that's, well, you, you asked
0: John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you're, you're forgiven because that absolutely is the point if, if we start out realizing that we're slaves then when, when we, we get these verses about what we are now it's like oh wow this is just incredible because it's not just that we've been freed from our slavery to go out and be somebody else's servant but, but it's so much better but, but uh, just, just one thought here though uh, um, okay just to illustrate how different it is if you, if you phrase yourself as a servant versus being a slave so, so as we said in the text from Luke chapter seventeen, if you're a servant, it sounds like you're a pretty decent guy for doing all these things. Yeah. If you're a slave, though, well, that that's no big deal. That's that's what you do. That's who you are. And if you don't do that thing, you're going to get whipped. You're going to get punished. That's what's going to happen. But let, let me use this illustration: tithing. What is tithing, Matt?
1: Well, as an Old Testament practice of giving a percentage. You know, we think of ten percent in particular of. Of, uh, of one's income or fruits, and uh, to give that to the Lord. So,
0: so Matt, if I give you $100, which I'm not, by the way, <laughs> but were I to give you $100, and you gave me a tithe back, you gave me
1: 10%, you gave yes. me $10 back, yeah.
0: would I be impressed, Matt?
1: Probably not, no.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And, and so that's the thing, see? If you're a slave, that means everything you have has been given to you and you are possessed by god he is your master and so if you think it's a big deal that you gave 10 percent back to him that is no big deal at all because it all belongs to him you belong to him you owe him everything see um
1: yeah that's a great point though john and i think that does shape our stewardship and how we manage money and how we view our our possessions Um, One of the verses that comes to my mind is Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and all the fullness thereof. I mean, it's all God's, including us, our very selves, our salvation, our income, everything. And I think that really changes then uh, how we we, uh, view what we have. And I think that also changes... Uh, how we 're viewed uh how we view other people, so you know talking oh, yeah. about talking about slavery in America, I mean if you really view people as psalm twenty four all the earth is the lords and the fullness thereof, well, then guess who else is the lord's that slave is right you know God created yeah. that individual, made them, loves them, and when we see that, boy well then there's no room for racism there's no room for for mistreating someone because of the color of their skin no they're they're the lords, and he made them. Uh, he belongs they belong to him
0: and so so i i think it's a very very important concept for us uh, and, and it eliminates any possibility of us working our way to god's blessing because we're we are his possession we are his slaves we we whatever he tells us that we should do there there's no excuse for us not doing that and we certainly don't deserve any reward because we've done that but now you brought in the jesus issue which i'm really glad you did because you're right We're not slaves anymore, are we, Matt? Um, Do you remember the passage in Philippians 2-7 where it speaks of Jesus and says, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men? This is what men are like, and I bet you can guess what the word there. It's not servant, it's what?
1: A slave again, huh? Wow. See, think how powerful that is when it speaks of Jesus as a slave.
0: See, and that's the thing. We're we're losing the impact of this by by cheaping it to the word servant because, yeah, that's the thing. Jesus became a slave. And if you think about it, he literally did. He was the almighty God. He was the one that calls the shots. And yet, what does he say in the Garden of Gethsemane? Take this cup away from me, but not
1: my will, but will, but but yours.
0: Yeah, and that's the language of a slave where you say it's no longer about what I want, it's no longer about my will, no, no it's entirely what my master wants. Although here's what's really cool about that passage of the garden, not my will, but thy will be done. Who does he how does he speak to God as he makes that prayer?
1: Um uh, what uh, how is he speaking to God?
0: What how's he address God in that prayer?
1: Um well, is it Father? Yes, it is. is. It? I thought yes, so. Is, okay, Matt. all right. It says,
0: Father, take this cup. And and, and that's what you said before, Interesting. Matt. And that's a yeah, wonderful both. thing. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Uh, um, no, 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 no. We're not slaves anymore. We're not slaves anymore. We, we still are going to be obedient to God. That's what we should do. But no longer because we have to. No longer because we're slaves. Uh, and, and no longer with the thought of getting any reward for what we're doing the children of the heavenly father and and so yeah your will not my will be done um here's a passage this is this is that same night as jesus is getting ready to be crucified he says in john 15 15 no longer do i call you servants but we all know what it really says no longer do i call you slaves for the slave does not know what his master is doing but i have called you friends For all that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. See?
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. No, no
0: no slaves anymore. We're friends. And then it gets even better because, you know, you remember what he calls the disciples after his resurrection when he's talking to the women? Do you remember that phrase there? What's he call them?
1: Uh, What does he call them? Um,
0: I know. I'm sorry. I'm putting you on the spot here, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's more than friends, right? Is it? it, Yeah. Here it is. Go ahead. Then
0: Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Brothers yeah the same point you made earlier um and so what a difference that uh, jesus makes um because no we're not we, well we are in our flesh and our sinfulness we're we're still nothing but slaves of god we are just his property uh we must bend our wills to his but but you know matt here's the here's the cool thing it's the verse you started with what was that about the son and all that oh yeah yeah john
1: john 8 uh, 34 yeah. and following
0: um, and guess what? That was the final verse I had down in my notes. Oh, too. look at
1: that! Good.
0: So, so great minds apparently think alike. Uh, e- even, well-
1: even hundreds of miles away, John. <laughs> look at that. <laughs>
0: That's right. So what it says is the slave, and there they use slave. Thank God for that. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Um, so I thank you to professor day later. Uh, and and if you hear anybody saying, oh, well, we don't want to translate it slave because of what slavery was like here. Well, I think you need to know when Jesus was saying those words, when he was saying do slavery was not a good thing either. It was a very horrible and terrible thing. Uh, and they tell me, Matt, uh, that wherever the Christian church went, uh, slavery, uh, came to an end. Now, I I don't know if I can prove that or not, but it is interesting in this uh, lectures on uh, the Middle Ages. Of course, we we have uh, Christianity becoming uh, legal. Uh, And and from that point on, you see very little slavery in the Roman Empire. Um, It all becomes more of a serf system, which is not in itself a great thing either, but... That's certainly better than being a slave.
1: So, well, John, any final comments, man? You have inspired me to take off my underwear, spin around in circles so I'm dizzy, (laughs) and then go home, get out my Greek New Testament and a red pen, and go through my English Bible and write in "slave" everywhere it should really be "slave." So, thank you, (laughs) John.
0: I'm glad I could help you, and I hope I've helped some of our listeners as too. Next week, Matt, back to Second Timothy.
1: Back to okay. Second Timothy. We'll we'll start to wrap up, perhaps even that letter uh, that Paul wrote, perhaps the last letter he wrote uh, before his death, as he writes his beloved uh, young pastor Timothy.
0: Yeah, Paul, who calls himself a slave That's of pretty. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I hope you can join us next week here on Wrestling with Wrestling with the, the Basics. basics.